Do you know that when you decided to take a stand for Jesus Christ, when you received him by faith, when you professed him one day as Lord, and when that became a known thing, do you know that you became the opposition? Do you know that you became the enemy? To a whole bunch of people, you became the opposition. Do you realize that today? When we take a hard stand for the truth of Jesus Christ, we become the opposition. We are the opposition. In fact, the Bible says that the world hates us. I think that's a, a hard thing for us to truly understand, but that's, that's the truth. The Bible says taking a stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ as the people redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, the world actually hates us. In our men's power lunch, we recently went through the book of 1 Peter, and one of the things that we saw was that as Christians, the world is watching us. As Christ's followers, they are, they are keeping an eye on us. They're keeping a close watch on us. Do you understand today, as a Christian, someone is watching you, but it's not to see if you make it. It's not to cheer you on. It's not for that. It is in the hope that you fail. Do you know that if you've taken a strong stand for Jesus Christ, there are people and their greatest joy, and maybe you've, you've already seen some of this, but there are people and their, their greatest joy is to see you fail. Their greatest joy is a person that's, that's put their faith in Jesus Christ. Their, their greatest hope in their life is to see you wipe out or to see you come undone. Do you know even worse than that, if you have taken a strong stand for Jesus Christ, there are people who are setting traps. There are people who are actually setting snares with the goal to trip you up. They have the goal to bring you down. On Sunday night, and I'll just go ahead and say it, if if you've been missing Sunday nights, you've been missing a tremendous blessing. But on, on Sunday night, we have been going through Psalm 119. And there in Psalm 119, it's a very real psalm. But the psalmist says there, The arrogant have dug pits for me. Many of them have dug pits for me, those who do not live by your law. That's verse 85. Verse 110 says, The wicked have laid a snare for me. The psalmist in Psalm 141, verse 9, it's actually a prayer. He's praying and he says, Keep the jaws of the trap which they have set from me and from the, keep me from the snares of those who do iniquity. Listen to me today. Hear me today. As Christians, we must be aware of, and more than that, we must be prepared for those who seek to do our harm, for those who set snares seeking to be our undoing. Our message today is entitled, Survey of a Snare Setter. Survey of a Snare Setter. We're in Luke chapter 20. Today, as we continue to move verse by verse, we're in verses 19 through 26. Again, the Gospel of Luke chapter 20. Today, verses 19 through 26. The Survey of a Snare Setter. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. 
Beginning in verse 19, it says this. The scribes and the chief priests tried to lay hands on him that very hour. And they feared the people, for they understood that he spoke this parable against them. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous in order that they might catch him in some statement so that they could deliver him to the rule and the authority of the governor. They questioned him saying, teacher, we know that you speak and teach correctly and you are not partial to any, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he detected their trickery and said to them, show me a denarius, whose likeness and inscription does it have? They said, Caesar's. And he said to them, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they were unable to catch him in a saying in the presence of the people and being amazed at his answer, they became silent. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. I'm thankful for such a great God, such a gracious God, such a kind God, also a holy and just God. I, I praise our God. I come today and I'm thankful for Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior, our hope, our foundation, our anchor. And so we praise the name of Jesus today. I, I'm thankful for the word of God and I pray that as we study it today that it truly is a supernatural experience and I pray that you would speak, the living God would speak to us today through his word, through your word. I pray that we'll be changed, that we might be trained, that we might be corrected if need be. I pray for some today that do not have a relationship with Christ, even in this room, that today in the preaching of your word and the drawing of your spirit, they might put their faith in Jesus today. Lord, we just come, we open our hands, we lay this before you, we submit it to you. We tell you we love you. We love you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, today let's begin our survey. Again, from the verses today, the truth about those who set snares. Now, See this morning, the, the specific context, these are the people who are setting the trap, who are setting the snare for Jesus. And that's the exact context today. They are, they are truly and they are literally seeking his death. Now, they're seeking for the process that will, that will deliver his death and they're literally seeking to kill him. They're literally seeking to destroy him. Our verses today are the actual account of the events that are gonna to lead to his accusation, to his trial, and ultimately to his death on the cross of Calvary. Now we sit there and we wonder how does it change when he comes into the town and they hail him as the king? How does it change so quickly? How could it happen in, in, in such short days that he is dying there on the cross? How does that happen? How could that occur? Well, these are the actual events. These are the actual words that produce that result. And from that today, again, we have our survey of a snare setter. First thing we see today is this. In our survey of a snare setter, the first thing, the truth does not matter. 
The truth does not matter. Very simply, it's not for a lack of the truth. Now look at verse 19. The scribes and the chief priests tried to lay hands on him that very hour. And they feared the people for they understood that he spoke this parable against them. Now remember the context. Remember what has gone on here. Jesus, after cleaning out, clearing out the temple, after exposing their false worship there, after taking up teaching there in the temple courtyard, and after being questioned as to his authority, what authority do you hold? The Bible says, and we looked at it two weeks ago, that he has told them a parable. Well, using that parable, he has just revealed of these scribes and Pharisees that they were the evil vine growers. They were the ones that were entrusted with the care of the vineyard, but who instead served themselves. And in the, in the parable, their hearts are revealed. In the parable, their evil intents were shown. They were brought to light. Notice, see the end of the verse. It says this. They understood. They understood that he spoke this parable against them. See this. The truth did not matter. You see, if there was ever a time to relent, if there was ever a time to repent, if there was ever a time to change courses, it surely would have been then. But for these snare setters, the truth was not the issue. The truth what did not matter to them. If there was ever a time to, to hear the conviction and to, to see their heart revealed and say, you know what, I will turn and I will go a different direction, this would have been that time. But for, for these men, the truth did not matter. Verse says they tried to lay hands on him in that very hour. It literally translates within that hour when there should have been the greatest change, when the truth should have made the greatest difference in that very hour, in that hour, they seek to grab him, they seek to, to harm him, they seek to move in that hour. So understand this, for a snare setter, the truth does not matter. In fact, be sure of this. In fact, be aware of this. Their opposition is actually to the truth. That's very biblical. Their opposition, their hatred is actually for the truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ. And their, their, their movement here is not for a lack of the truth. Their opposition is to the truth. They absolutely hate the truth. And for them, the truth revealed makes no difference. These snare setters are opposed to the truth. Second thing is this, for a snare setter, they are thoughtful and cunning in their attack. That's the second thing. For a, a snare setter, they are thoughtful and they are cunning in their approach. In the first part of verse 20, notice it says this, so they watched him and sent spies. So they watched him and sent spies. Now, the Greek word for watched means here to watch, but it's not, it's not what we would think. It's, it's to watch from the side, to watch on the side. And so understand, they were, they were careful here 
in their watching. They are, they are taking note. They are making a plan. They even sent out spies. Now see this. The Bible says that they feared the people. They, they knew that they were in a risk. They knew there was a risk attached to this. And so they are, they are careful and they are cunning in their approach. Here's what I would tell you this morning. A snare setter usually is not reckless. Some might be, but I'm going to tell you as a, as a general rule, a snare setter usually is not haphazard. They are, they are thoughtful, and it may appear helter-skelter, but they are thoughtful and they are cunning in their approach. And that's what we see here in the example of these setting the snare for Jesus. They're watchful and they're careful in their approach. Third thing in our survey, a snare setter pretends to be righteous. A snare setter pretends to be righteous. They pretend like they're doing the right thing, that their heart has the right motivation, that they are acting on that right motivation. They pretend to be righteous. Listen to verse 20. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous in order that they might catch him in some statement so that they could deliver him to the rule and authority of the governor. Now I want you to see what's happening here. See the, see the picture. Here is Jesus and here is his crowd. He's surrounded by his crowd. Here is Jesus and, and here are his disciples and some of them very close and some of them had traveled a long distance with him. And so here is Jesus and, and here is his crowd and here is Jesus and, and around him here are his disciples and right smack in the middle of them the Bible says, are these pretenders. Where it should have been safe, where you should have been able to have trusted, there are these pretenders. Now, understand what it means when they're pretending to be righteous, they're pretending to be good, they're pretending to be kind, they're pretending in this context to be godly. More than that, they're pretending here to love Jesus. They're pretending. You see, here's the truth. Listen to me. Here's the truth. In order to set the snare, you have to be close. And in order for the snare to be viable, you have to stay close. And so a snare setter pretends to be righteous. That's what they do. They have to get close. And for the snare to go off and be viable, they have to stay close. And so they pretend to be righteous. I think it's worth saying this, however, but the fact that they're pretending they're not righteous, the fact that they're having to pretend that this is the, the alpha of their heart shows the true condition of their heart, but nevertheless, they pretend to be righteous. That brings us to the fourth truth. A snare setter, first, the truth does not matter. A snare setter, they're thoughtful and cunning in their approach. Third, a snare setter pretends to be righteous. And then it brings us to the fourth truth. For a snare setter, their words hold no value. Their words hold no value. See this. Listen very carefully to verse 21. They question him saying, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach correctly. And you are not partial to any, 
but teach the way of God in truth. They questioned him saying, teacher, we know that you speak and teach correctly and you're not partial to any, but teach the way of God in truth. Do you see this here? That is the truth. That's absolutely right. Jesus, you, you speak correctly. Jesus, you teach correctly. Jesus, you're not partial to anybody. You teach the way of God and you teach the way of God and you do it in truth. What they say here, it's right. What they say here is the truth. The problem is it means nothing to them. I want you to see how, how this is, how crazy this is. They, they want to kill him. They, they want to destroy him. They, they're not there trying to trip him up. They want to tear him to shreds. They want to hurt him. They want to harm him. They hate him. They absolutely hate him, and yet it doesn't bother their mouths to say, yeah, but you speak the truth. Yes, you teach correctly. You teach the way of God. Their words mean nothing to them. Their words hold no value. I'm gonna say this and be sure and listen. Be sure and get this today. Maybe you wanna write this down today. Be sure and get this. The words of Christianity are easy to mimic. The words of Christianity are easy to mimic, but it is the character of Christ, our Lord, that reveals the heart. You see, we live in a, in a day when people say this, and they say that, and they say all the right words, and they quote scriptures, and they can quote all these different scriptures, and they say all these religious sayings, especially today on social media, they have all the right words, and the right verses, and they say the right prayers, but be warned today, the words of a Christian are easily mimicked, but it is the character of Christ within the person that reveals their true heart. Write that down. These snare setters, they come along and they come and it just makes me fierce. They're talking to Jesus here. They come along and they say all the right words and to the face of Jesus, they say, oh, you're a great teacher. Oh, we love your words. Their words have no value. For a snare setter, their words are meaningless. Fifth thing is this. A snare setter they are experts in division, in divisiveness. A snare setter, they are experts in division. It's gonna get pretty interesting. Listen to verse 22. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, understand the question here. Is it lawful? The actual word here is permitted. Is it permitted? Is it allowable? And so they're saying, is it allowable? Is it permitted for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Is it permitted? Is it permissible for us to, to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, see the implications here of this question. If he says no, if he says we are a sovereign nation, we are Israel, we're the, we're the people of God, and we're under nobody, which was God's original intent, the zealots would have been glad. 
the Pharisees would have been glad. They would have loved that statement. No, we're not under anybody. No, we're not going to pay taxes. But had he said that, they would have made a case in a rebellion against Rome. Now, I, I believe they probably thought this is what he would say. They thought he was so nationalistic. This is probably what he would say. And then in verse 20, it says they would turn him over to the ruler and the authority of the governor. They would turn him over to Pilate. They thought this is what he would say. However, if he says yes, while he would forego the issue with Rome, he would then stir up the nation. He would stir up those Pharisees, those zealots. He is selling out their place as the nation of, of God's people. He's turning on the law of Moses. And so understand here, it was a question set perfectly to divide. They were masters of division. If he takes this answer, he alienates half of them. If he takes this answer, he alienates the other half. It was a question set perfectly to divide. They were masters of division. Proverbs chapter 16 says, a perverse man spreads strife, causes trouble. A perverse man spreads strife. It says a slanderer separates intimate friends. A slanderer separates intimate friends. These wicked snare setters, they are masters of division. They are masters of being divisive. Let me tell you, the Bible says of divisive people that we're to be aware of them. The Bible says of divisive people that we're to flee from them. The Bible says of divisive people, they are wicked in their hearts. And they had devised the perfect question that whatever the answer, they believed it would divide. So now they believe they have Jesus in the snare. They, they think the trap is perfectly set. Verse 23. But, there's your key right there, but he detected their trickery and said to them, he detected their trickery and said to them, trickery in, in Matthew, when he, when he gives this account, he says he detected their wickedness. In Mark, it says that he detected their hypocrisy. Basically, what it means here is that he sees them for what they are. They may pretend to be one way, but he knows their heart. They may speak these words, but he knows they are hollow. He sees them for their hypocrisy. He sees them for their wickedness. He sees the trickery that they're trying to establish. But he detected their trickery and said to them, verse 24, show me a denarius whose likeness and inscription does it have, a, a coin. Show me this coin, this denarius. Show me a denarius whose likeness and inscription does it have. They said Caesar's. Now here's his answer. And I think this is pretty wild. I, I listen to this answer, I read this answer, and I think this is very awesome. These wolves today have dressed as the sheep. Problem is they don't know they're talking to the great shepherd. The, these wolves today, they've come, and these snare setters, they, they think they've hatched a smart plan. And I don't know how long they had to think of this plan, but they think they've hatched a smart plan. Problem is they're speaking to the one that is infinite and immeasurable in wisdom. 
They come and they think they've launched an assault on the truth and they think, hey, we're going to end the truth and we're going to take out the truth. They think they've launched an assault on the truth. The problem is they don't recognize they're speaking to the truth. And so they wait. They wait for the answer. Here it is, verse 25. And he said to them, Here's the answer. Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. The word render here means give back. That's what it translates. It means repay. It literally means give back. Jesus says here, What is Caesar's? What is due of Caesar? His picture's on that coin. His name is on that coin. So give it to him. What is due of Caesar's? Give it to him. But what is due of God? Give it to God. Give it to him. Jesus says there is no conflict here. Now let me show you something right here. It is this coin that this denarius that holds Caesar's image. And so Jesus sees the coin and he sees the image and he says, whose image is it? It's Caesar's image. And he says, well then by all means, give it to him. But what holds God's image? Did you ever think about that? What holds God's image? Genesis chapter one, verse 27, listen to me. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Jesus says he can have the coin. He can have it. He can have the tax. He can have it. But what I desire, what I will ransom short days from now, what I'll redeem on the cross in my own blood is your life. That is what he values. That is what he loves. That is what he's come for. Listen to the words of my Savior. He says, you can give all of it. You can give all of it to Caesar, but I have come as a ransom for many. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. I've come for the sheep of my pastor, leaving the 99, even for the one. Oh, what a savior he is. You can have all that. I've come to purchase your life on the cross of Calvary. And even in our survey of these sorry snare setters, we can't help but see the glory of our savior Jesus. Give him all of it. Whose image is the bear? Give it to him. I'm coming to be a ransom for people, for lives, for eternal souls. Oh, what a savior. And one last thing. And it's an awesome thing. One last thing in our survey of a snare setter. And that is this. And we need to make sure we understand it. The truth will be opposed. The truth will be hated. Yes, the truth will divide. But listen to me. The truth will always 
stand. The truth will all Way stand. Listen to me, it is hated. Listen to me, it is opposed. Listen to me, it's gonna cause division. But you take it to the bank, brother. The truth will always stand. Verse 26. And they were unable to catch him in a saying in the presence of the people. And being these snakes and being amazed at his answer, they became silent. The truth always will stand. Let's pray. Dear me, Father, we come. And I'm thankful for such a marvelous salvation. I'm thankful for such a tremendous Savior. I'm thankful that when the, the cares and the weights of this world are thrown up, when the materialistic things of this world are thrown up, when the, the goals of this world are, are stacked and piled high, that he knew the mission he even knew the cost and he would endure it for me and he would endure it for sinners. Thankfully, he wasn't distracted. And he said, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, but give unto God that which is God. I pray, dearly, Father, that we'd be people of the truth. I pray that we'd be people that would stand in the face of, of hard opposition. I pray that the cause of Jesus Christ, because the glory of Jesus Christ outweighs all things, that the cause of Jesus Christ be where we tread, where we walk. And I pray the end result is that the living Savior, Jesus, will be glorified. I pray for some in this room that do not know Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And that's, that's the point of the truth. That's also for the reason of the attack on the truth. It's that it all leads to Christ. It all leads to salvation by faith in Jesus. And I pray for some in this room that haven't settled their, their faith, settled their trust, and my Savior and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that today might be that day. I pray that you would move in this time of invitation. I believe that you have spoken. I pray that our hearts have been gripped and now we would respond in kind. Lord, we do love you and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.